Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. You'll be looking at and you'll be comparing yourself with the highlight reel and you see somebody driving a nice car or, you know, showing a nice house or whatever, or being away on a nice holiday. And you're comparing your current feeling with this great success and understand comparison is the thief of joy and just do not compare yourself because you just don't know what's going on. Hi, welcome back to the Commercial Property Investor podcast. And hi, Gavin. Thank you so much for returning to the CPI podcast. I'm delighted to be here, Jerry. It's great to be back. Yeah, it's great to see you um, and great to catch up. In this short episode for a Monday, I have had a few people who are just kind of a little bit stressed. They've got some stressful situations going on, which can be really debilitating for making decisions clearly and about moving forward. And I thought, wow, I need to try and do a short session with Gavin. Um, You can maybe just tell us a little bit about your own podcast, Gavin, but just on helping deliver some actions people can take away that are maybe struggling to manage that stress um, because it can be really um, difficult to make decisions and to move forward and to consistently keep going in the same direction when everything around you is dark. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my own podcast, Behind the Facade, part of the reasoning behind giving it that name is that we all have this facade that we kind of, you know, on the outside, it's great success and all that. But behind it, you wouldn't know like what's going on in a person's yeah. mind. So that was really what I was getting at. And that was born out of the the difficulties I had post 2008 in the crash. And like I went from being master of the universe, everything going brilliant, beautiful, big house in one country and, a, and another one, a holiday home, and then losing it all in this big crash that took place and being really uh, like I was negative 16 million in my net worth at one stage with which was so you're talking about feeling stressed I can tell you I know what it's like (laughs) to be stressed and the first thing I guess in terms of dealing with obviously there's different reasons for stress like you know there could be people that are you know they're serial entrepreneurs or whatever and they keep on saying yes to everything and so you end up overwhelmed with too much stuff going on And that is more of a habit change where I would think you just have to learn to sort of, you know, say no, understand that you can't do everything. There's a great book uh, by a guy called Oliver Berkman called 4,000 Weeks. And if you go and read that book, it really puts it into perspective. Like we have a certain amount of time on this planet and there's just so much happening nowadays like just with social media, with distractions, with all of the stuff that's happening in the world, you will never be able to do everything that seemingly is available to you. And the thing is, is you're not choosing to, you know, to say no to all the crappy stuff. There's loads of really great things that we would all love to be able to say that we've done and, and, you know, have a bucket list and stuff, but you'll never get around to it. So the first thing is to try to identify what's really meaning for you because if you want to if you have this big checklist of i want to do all of these things 
then naturally it's hard to say no because something comes along, it's an opportunity to kind of like do one of those things. It's very easy to say, oh, geez, yeah, I'd love to do that. But you end up adding more and more and more and more overwhelm. And so first thing is get clarity on that. Like what are the three things that in your life you want to be known for, associated with, whatever it is. And like keep it as simple as three things. Everyone be out there, oh, sure, I can't select just three. Believe me, if it's if you don't have those three things, you're going to find that you don't really achieve anything very, very significant. Like it takes a lifetime to achieve one hugely significant thing. And so don't think that you're a person who's going to multitask your way to success. That that tends to be a kind of a fallacy that we all find ourselves believing that we can do it. But really. Now, the other type of overwhelm stuff comes from stuff that's out of your control. And so I imagine a huge number of people are caught by the increase in interest rates, first of all. And so uh, this is something that I experienced back in 2008 when everything went belly up around me. And like it was not something that I could pick a switch and control. Everything was outside of my control. And so that's the first thing to kind of understand is, do you have control of this crisis or this you know situation that you're in if you do great but if you don't you have to recognize that you are a passenger in this that there's not a lot that you can do and so try to focus on the stuff that you can actually do so in my case i was massively out of uh, over leveraged i had a huge amount of debt and i was kind of thinking to myself how am i going to fix this and the reality is that there's no way to fix it because you're over leveraged. And the only way to fix it is to sell off all your assets, which obviously you're going to take a huge bath on. So in my case, what I turned my focus to was what can I control? And the one thing that you have to learn to control is your mindset. And your mindset starts with how you feel and your, your, you know, your body and stuff like that. So for me, taking up exercise, putting the focus on my exercise and making sure that first thing in the morning I was getting out, I was kind of getting some thoughts down on paper. I like to journal in the morning and I was, I had kind of a ritual that sort of primed me for the day. So when, no matter what I, like, as soon as you open your email, you're going to get all this like cascade of negative things that are going to drive you mad. So don't open that first. Start with doing stuff that is going to get you uh, at least into a positive frame of mind, to get your state in the right place. After you've done that, then obviously you've got to get into crisis management or trying to get on top. So it's really down to figuring out what is the most important task of the day, of the week, of the month. Like I have, I try to create a fairly clear path. We, we mentioned the 4,000 weeks. Like, what is it you want to be known for in the future? And therefore, there's a path to that that you can kind of possibly see yourself taking. But there's all these other distractions that you can find yourself kind of saying, oh, yeah, that, that would be great. I'd love to be able to sort of add that to my curriculum vitae or my resume and try to kind of focus it down. But every day I start in the morning with a daily kind of review of what's ahead of me for today. And I try to remind myself, like, what is the really overarching outcome I'd like to achieve for the week? And like, if nothing else gets done, this is the one thing that's important. And so make sure you're making progress on that because urgent stuff is going to come up. 
And that urgent stuff is not necessarily important. It's like the squeaky wheel cat gets the grease. You know, it's just the person who's ringing you pestering all the time. They're the person that gets your attention and your time. But it could be the person who's not calling you is the most important person in your life. You know, it could be the person that's going to switch, you, you know, the deal that you're doing from being a winner to a loser or whatever. Um, so just make sure that, you know, there's a thing that I, I refer to. It's the frog. And I when I look at my diary for the day, I try to identify, like, what's the frog? Um, what is the really off-putting, nasty, difficult task that I've been avoiding and that I'm procrastinating on. And that's the first task of the day. And if you choose that task, focus on it, get it over it. Almost always, it's not as bad as you thought. But second of all, you will find that the rest of the day is a lot easier after you've dealt with the most difficult task. And so that is my words of wisdom right now. I don't know if you want to have any follow up on that. Yeah, there's a lot in there, Gavin. And just picking up on your last one there about that task. Um, I, I think there's a lot of this stuff that's like tricking yourself. So you, you mentioned about routine and, and you went through a routine there and trying not to get into the melee first off, actually having a bit of clarity before you get started. Lots of things to, to go back through there with uh, mindset. But the bit I wanted to just pick up on was that often people have little triggers that affect them and maybe make them slow down. And equally, there are actually triggers you can set off yourself. So as an example, taking the big frog, dealing with that, it actually gives you a little bit of, not euphoria, but it's like it's done, it's dusted, and I've now got more confidence in myself in what I'm doing and that actually maybe the next, I can tackle some more now. What's the next thing? Whereas mm. if it's sitting there in the back of your mind, it's always weighing everything down rather than giving you that uplift. It's actually dragging you back, isn't it? And it's one of those little triggers. I, I do think that um, sometimes I feel like I'm on the outside looking in or I try to and try and work. And actually, well, if I do that, I know that sometimes works to get me moving faster. Because there's the other thing, isn't there, about rip the Band-Aid off and just jump in. But sometimes that can be really quite difficult. And you've just got to do those sometimes those other little steps. Is there any other triggers you sometimes, maybe you catch yourself and well, you're like, I need to do one, something. One of the things that I, I've really found helpful, and I'm coming up on, like, I think I'm on 360 days or something like that without missing a single one. But meditation, I, I, I always found meditation like difficult. And it was kind of something I'm on 361 days in a row without missing a single uh, thing. And it's my morning routine. But the thing about meditation that's really powerful is that you're basically you're self analyzing yourself and you're kind of removing yourself from the emotion. So if you're sitting there saying, I feel stressed, okay, you are you're saying that you feel stressed. And so you're creating kind of a stressful environment for yourself. But if you just think about your mind, like consciousness, there's a great app that I listen to called, um, what is it called? Waking Up by a guy called Sam Harris. And it's a really, really solid um, app on this. There's loads of kind of extra things. But one of the things that I found is that he kind of tells you to kind of think about it as just consciousness. You are just sitting there and imagine yourself kind of above looking down and it's patterns of energy. So instead of saying, I'm stressed, what you can actually do is say, okay, what is this I'm feeling right now? This, this pattern of energy I'm feeling is what stress looks like. And what is causing that? 
And is it a valid, do I have a valid reason to feel stressed? And it's kind of like remove, you know, you're showing, you're not being the emotion, you're observing the emotion from a removed kind of place. And when you're able to do that, I mean, and it takes some getting practice, like this is not something you immediately jump on. But the more I've been listening to him and stuff like that, and some of it can be really out there, like philosophical kind of stuff that isn't everybody's cup of tea. But it's the power of the mind. It's the kind of the ability to observe yourself. And so it works in all sorts of ways, like, you know, stress, but it also could be anger. You know, people in their car suffering from road rage, like you are, you know, seeing red, raging with yourself. But actually, in a split second, you can turn that into something that is laughable. And you can say, would you look at me like this is ridiculous. Like, I mean, and, and you can actually calm yourself down. So it works. It's like a superpower to be able to like switch on and off emotions. And it's really helpful if you're in a stressful situation to kind of switch that power on, because then you can say, do you know what? What's the worst that can happen here? The worst thing that could happen is that I'm not here. OK, so like in that context, things are not actually that bad. So let's yeah. like, you know, let's look at the tears of how bad yeah. this really is, you know. That's that whole self-awareness thing, isn't it? I, it is. I think I think some people go through life without actually ever having that at all, which can be a bit sad. But <laughs> some of us, it's later on in life, you start to recognize, oh, maybe I have got some control on one or two levers. But other people, I can't have a conversation myself, and they don't. Um, I, I often say to people who are getting started in, in commercial that one of the things you have to do is actually just go and book a meeting with yourself yeah. Go away somewhere where the phone's not working. You can't speak to anybody else, or you, you know, and you can actually focus on what you're trying to get, not how you're going to get it, but what you're trying to get. Then you can start breaking it down. And I guess it's similar in that, as you identified earlier on, as part of that process, is making sure that you set you you're in charge of your mindset. Do some exercise, but then start with the right frame of mind, which is that thing about going and sitting by yourself. I think that's really and work on the crisis management. Yeah, as you said, there's a few things. I mean, whatever about crisis management, what I, what I do every month on the first of every month, uh, I have, like you say, make an a make a, an appointment with yourself. I have blocked into my diary for the whole year. The first of every month is my reorientation day, and what I do is it's it's clears my calendar. There's absolutely nothing else happening on that day. And what I do is I go off and there's a cafe that I, that, that's near to where I live. And this cafe has got this beautiful like ceiling, floor to ceiling windows out looking out over the sea. And so it's really calming. And I sit there and I literally arrive at like 9 a.m. And at 5 p.m. they're like vacuuming the place saying like, sir, you know, can we get you to move on? And I literally spend the entire day there with the phone on do not disturb. And I will go through, okay, where, where am I? Like, where, what are my plans looking like? I have, I've spent enough time thinking about what I want in the future. Uh, you know, I've got a clear vision of what I'm aiming for, but it's the path there. It's like, you know, the steps. And so I look at my last, the last month I've just completed. I said, okay, how did I do? Did I like tick those boxes that I had sort of set myself the goal of doing? If I didn't, why? What's not working there? Like, what do I need to change? What do I want to do this month? And I really, like a lot of people will not put aside that amount of time to really self-analyze yourself and what you're doing, if you're doing well. I have a, I have a, a coach a guy by the name of J.P. Davillier, and 
JP is a great guy for kind of doing this, but he has a, a thing called the AAA self-rescue. And it's ask, assess, adjust. It sounds very simple and, and almost corny, but ask the question like, what are you doing uh, that's not working? And how can you switch that up? Like, what do you need to adjust? Um, what, like, assess all of your actions, your behaviors, what you're doing. Is there anything that needs to change? And then make the adjustments. And then, and then kind of constantly come back and review and see how you did. And I know, like, when I look at the last 12 months, I've been doing this now for about 14 months. I have not missed a day in 14 months. And it's really powerful. And, you know, you, 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 at the end of the month, you'd be looking at, and I'd be looking at, and, I, and it'll cover all sorts of stuff. It'll be business, but it'll also be personal, family related. It'll be my health and fitness. I have certain, fun, you know, financial goals, but I also have fitness goals. I have family goals, as in like, like to take the kids away to on a certain type of a holiday or whatever. And you make sure that, because in the blaze of all of this stuff that's going on, it's very easy. To go, I'm just too busy. Like, I just can't afford the time to go away on holiday can't afford to kind of work out today because i'm just too busy and you got to make time for that stuff or else it'll just all mount up on you okay i want to ask you about um lists gavin so sometimes um a habit i have is if i'm sitting thinking about too many ideas and you mentioned earlier about you know doing maybe too many things and i'm definitely guilty of that um if i don't write it down and get it out of my head it will keep buzzing around and then every now and now and then interrupt me when I'm doing something else. Right. So I try and get as much as I can out on paper or whatever electronic method we use these. The problem is there's usually too many of them. But anyway, put it out somewhere. So it's out of my head so I can concentrate on the task at hand. Do you do something similar? Do you keep lots of lists and targets and things? And then the second part of the question before you to hear and ace that is the element of judging what is urgent because loads of things do look urgent but you can only do so much so yeah. what do you just talk through how you how so you would do that i maybe. have uh, you are you're like talking to the <laughs> yeah completely <laughs> like, i have lists here like there you go yeah and like the thing is what i do is very much like you if it if it pops into my head i usually write a post-it note uh, of the idea in that moment and then that post and that gets put with all the others and then what i'll do is every now and then I'll take out a, you know, a yellow pad and I'll write them all down line by line. There'll be a line with the idea and you write them all down. And I'm up to like 30 pages of this kind of stuff. Okay. The thing is, is just by putting it down, it gets it out of your mind, like you yeah. say, but then you don't spend every day going through 30 pages. Like none of us have the time. So, but you know, it's there, you know, that there's ideas there that you haven't activated on yet. And maybe you will. I find that I come back and I review the stuff and half of it, it's gone, like the opportunity has passed or it's like the appointment date has, has gone by or whatever it is. And so they just get crossed out. But then a lot of other things will be something that you kind of go, yeah. Mm. So what I have, I have like a filter and I look at things and I look at things as being um, like core value items. OK, so what are my core values? Like, it, you know, if it's related to my health, if it's related to my family, if it's related to my finances, like those are sort of core values. Okay. So those are things that is this item going to progress me in that way? Yes or no? That would be a core item. So that is important. It may not be urgent though, but it is important. Below that then 
there is there's always going to be lots of urgent stuff but what i look for is what is reputational okay as in you could damage your reputation if you don't deal with these things okay so for example you know payments somebody is expecting to be paid oh, i'm really really busy i can't get around to that that is actually a reputational thing you'll you'll start to develop a bad reputation for being a late payer and stuff so things like that that are urgent because of your reputation i consider that to be something that has to be dealt with but there's things that might just seem urgent to you but there's not actually any reputational thing there it's just something that you want to do so you got to identify what's important versus what's like seemingly urgent versus what is reputational and actually urgent then below that there is nice to do okay and that is something that's not either but it is something that if you do have a pocket of time at some point yes it would be a nice thing to do so go and add it there but you might it's not something that's going to be on your to-do list tomorrow it's going to be something that you eventually there's a thing called a someday maybe list and that you can kind of put those type of things in there <laughs> it's not forgotten then, about but it's there yeah <laughs> it's it's not forgotten but it's there and then the final thing is as you're going through your list you'll start to there's a there's a basically there's clutter and and just you know nonsense okay and there are ideas that you had and it sounds like a great idea at the time but actually this is clutter this is just something that what is the point of doing this thing and so cross them out and a lot of the time you'll find that great ideas that seemed like great ideas at the time with just the passage of time they they kind of drift away and and you suddenly realize nah or they can be delegated uh they can be deferred they can be delegated they can be deleted um and then though if they're not in that three list then that's something to be done you know okay great right so let's just um summarize here so someone who is feeling a little bit overwhelmed at the moment some of the things you've talked about there is understand what the cause is first off in fact it's funny you're talking there about going to a place with those big windows looking over the sea that's exactly the same description as the place i go to <laughs> So go and find yourself somewhere to sit with yourself, work out what type of stress it is and understand that some of it you just can't control. So work on what you can. And then some of those habits you've talked about are um, control your mindset. That's one thing you can work on. Do that by making sure that you're doing some exercise, um, starting with the right frame of mind when you're getting stuck into your work. And of course, having that, list that we've just spoken about and actually identifying what's really important on it and what actually needs doing now um and one other word you used was was routine um gavin just getting yourself into that routine where you are regularly chipping away at the more important things and and the frog i like the frog yeah get get rid of that big one not only because it gets out of the way but also it builds up your confidence for the rest of the day right yeah and it's just like the unpleasant task is behind you and therefore one of the things I'd say is don't carry your huge big list around with you. Leave that somewhere. Good like when, you, when you're starting your day, start with, a, you know, a small list of like five things. If you have a list that's filled with 25 things, you have no priorities. Yeah. You really need to identify just five things that are critical. Obviously, your list will fill up during the day, but don't start your day with 25 things like start with the five critical things that have to be done today and then circle the frog yeah 
Yeah. One of the things I've no, I've observed with people that to me should be overwhelmed, but aren't, they're doing a lot of things. They're, they're successful at what they're doing. They've seemed to have 48 hours a day instead of 24. But one of the things I've observed is that when they're there, they tend to be present. So I think they're making much more effective use of their time. Rather, you know, sometimes you meet somebody and you have a conversation or that you're observing them in a meeting and they're half in, half out. Yeah, yeah. But some of the ones that I've seen that seem to really nail it, they are there then, make it effective, and then move on to the next thing. So when you do catch them at another time, they might be in another focus, and that's it. You can't I get in. One of the things in that regard is that if you're going into a meeting with somebody, like before you sit down with the person and start chit-chatting and stuff, like what is the outcome of the meeting that would be a great outcome? Like what are the actions that you want to have agreed before the end of the meeting? And if you go in knowing what they are, then you can hone in and you can really kind of make an effective meeting. But people go in like having given it no thought and it's like a chit-chat and it's like, okay, yeah, well, okay, so what are we going to, um, let me think. And then next minute you've gone, you've left the meeting and you're like, what, what am I supposed to do again? I, I can't remember what we yeah. agreed. You know, it's like have the outcome before you go in. Yeah. Know what you want. Okay. One, one other thing um, I just wanted to say was that if people are stressed and overwhelmed is give yourself a break. Stop beating yourself up. Just start a process and work through that process. But one of the hardest things or one of the hardest people can be yourself. And you're in there battling away with yourself and actually just let go, get out of the way, relax, stop being get um, it, so critical. Go and get yeah. go for a walk, get some fresh air. One of the biggest things you can, mistakes you can make when you're in, in this situation is to allow, you know, the likes of say Instagram or something like that become a distraction because you'll be looking at and you'll be comparing yourself with the, 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 PR images that you're seeing other people, yeah. which is their highlight reel. And you see somebody driving a nice car or, you know, showing a nice house or whatever, or being away on a nice holiday. And you're comparing your current shitty feeling with this, what looks like great success. Yeah. And understand everybody goes through the same shit that you're going through. Uh, the problem is, is that if you are going to use sort of Instagram or one of these things, comparison is, there's an old saying, I think it was Theodore Roosevelt, Comparison is the thief of joy. And just do not compare yourself because yeah. you just don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So, so we're going to wind it up now, Gavin, because this could be a very, very long conversation. In fact, this could be a, a podcast, yes. right? So could this, could be, this could be a whole podcast. Um, and in fact, you have a whole podcast around this sort of subject. So you mentioned it earlier on. Why don't you just finish off by telling us about the podcast and where they can find it, Gavin? Yeah, it's called Behind the Facade. Um, and the facade obviously being, you know, this thing that we yeah. all live behind. And it's really focused on real estate and the property market. But I try to look at this, you know, mindset, behavior, habits and stuff. The, the stuff that kind of, you know, the difference between success and failure. Yeah. Okay. And that's on all platforms. As usual, we'll pop it in the show notes. Thanks a million. Thanks, Gavin. Thank you so much for joining me. enjoying the content delivered on the CPI podcast. Even though it's free to listen to, it actually takes quite a bit of time and financial commitment to deliver each and every episode. Did you know that by leaving a positive written review, you, yes, you will have a direct impact on the visibility of the podcast. 
And that's really important because by reaching a wider audience, it helps our team to continually improve the overall content that we deliver to you week after week. For some of you, leaving a review will be second nature, but for others, it might be your first one. Open your podcast app, pick the CPI podcast and search for previous reviews. And on iTunes in particular, click to look at all of the reviews and then you'll see an option to leave a written review. Go on, it'll only take two minutes and it'll really make our day. And we genuinely read every single one of them.